Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendez. On this week's show, we shall be looking ahead uh, to Saturday's home game with Oxford United. Gobbo back in the building as the Addicts look uh, for a first win in seven uh, league games. Joining me to look ahead to that game, uh, first up is uh, Mr. Lewis Cat. How you doing, Lou? Yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, yeah not too bad. Have you advised any fans this week? Uh, no. Not really. Quite a quiet role yeah. at the moment. Not, not doing your job, Weirdly. Man. Not doing... Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah, and also uh, joining us uh, is uh, our, our newbie as well, Mr. Joe uh, Puddyfoot. How you doing, Joe? Yeah, very good, Louis. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. How's business going this week in the pub? Yeah, well, it's, it's it's doing all right. We actually had a uh, screening at my senior house um, of a documentary we are in, so um, that was good fun. So we had a few of the, the river locals down to watch that and... Uh, a late license, so a few beers afterwards. So, uh, yeah, a bit of a win. Lovely, tough one. I look forward to seeing a bit more about that documentary. They could make a documentary on Charlton. I think that, I've always said all the other clubs that have got their documentaries, our, our one would have been an absolute banger if they'd done one over the last few years, but ne- never mind. Right, so on this week's show, uh, as we look ahead to that game uh, with Oxford, we are going to hear from uh, Mr. Mandela Egbo, who's uh, returned from injury. Uh, to play the last game and a half. So we're going to hear from him. We're also going to hear from you guys. Plenty of emails still dealing with the fallout uh, from that defeat against Barnsley uh, last Saturday and the, uh, the, I guess, the signs it's it's showing us about the team and where we are as a club and as a squad uh, so far this season. So we've got that. Uh, we're going to hear from Kira Skills uh, from the women's team. They beat Sunderland uh, over the weekend. They've got Lewis coming up in the Conti Cup uh, on Saturday. Richard Wiseman from the Supporters Trust is going to tell us about a big event at the Valley coming up to celebrate the 30th anniversary uh, of Back at the Valley. And then Simon Halfway from the Fence End Pod, uh, to round things up nicely, will tell us a bit more about Oxford United uh, as uh, Gobbo Robbo brings his side uh, down to the Valley uh, on Saturday. So, I mean, before we hear from Mandela Egbo, I mean, just a, a brief intro, Lewis. We are, we are on a bit of a bad run now. Um, six without a win, uh, culminating in that particularly frustrating game up at Barnsley on Saturday, where we saw pretty much everything we've seen in in the rest of those six games. You know, spells, uh, and then not good defending and not good finishing costing us. Yeah, exactly that. We've just you know, as we said Sunday, just a, an all at sea performance wasn't something that looked like we just lacked of complete confidence. It's a real. It's a real struggle at the moment. It's a real headache as to what's gone so wrong. Because as you say, like the six games without a win, the last win we had in the league was against Plymouth. And we came off the back of that display with ridiculous positivity. Like It looked like we were really going somewhere. The team played with a with a high confidence, played attacking football. I mean, Plymouth now are top of the division. And, and we beat them 5-1 fairly comfortably as well. It wasn't one of those games where the score flattered us or anything like that. It was... You know, it was it was an out there performance where we looked very good, and and since then, I don't know. It's just like the the wheels have come off a little bit. You know, 
some of the results haven't been too bad. Like the draw at Wickham was obviously a fair result, really, when you look at it. But there's been some disappointing ones in this. Is sandwiched after that, if you like, with with the Bolton game and the, the draws at Forest Green and and Fleetwood as well. Um, and of course Saturday probably being the sort of the tip of the iceberg for me, to be honest, with that defensive display. So. Yeah, it's a it's a a real worry at the moment in terms of our form and our confidence. We have got a few players coming back, so that might lift things a little bit. But yeah, really, really concerning at the moment. Mm, excellent stuff. Right, well, let's hear from one of the men who has featured uh, in the last two games. Mandela Egbo, of course, picked up from Swindon. Where else in the, in the summer? Uh, suffered a bit of a nasty injury against Dartford in pre-season. So we had to wait uh, for his debut. Came on for the second half in that draw up at Fleetwood uh, a couple of weeks back and then uh, started... Uh, up at Barnsley he's been reasonably positive uh, so far so he spoke to George Jones at the club uh, and was asked how much of a relief it is to be back playing yeah 100% I'm happy to be back out with the lads it's like an honour to be able to track the shirt on um, so yeah happy to be out on the pitch but I'm a bit unfortunate we haven't quite got a win yet since I've been out there but um, it's positive to take from both games that I've played in and obviously for myself personally it's been more just getting back fit and getting the minutes in my legs and hopefully I can start to um provide more, you know, impetus going forward, um, assists, maybe the odd goal here and there and hoping to help the team win win games instead of just, you know, the draws. And how would you put the last sort of two or three months into words? Because it's obviously massively frustrating for any player to get injured at any time, let alone in pre-season, but when you're a, a new player as well, just how tough was that for you? Yeah, especially at the start when, um, well, the first finding out how long I'd be out for was a shock to the system because I honestly didn't think it would be that amount of weeks. But then um, realising very quickly that I'd be able to cut that down with some positive thinking and, and hard work and being able to do that, it was like there was always a silver lining. So um, got them weeks right down and yeah, I'm just buzzing to be back out there now. Like, um, like I said, got them weeks down. So it's only, you know, 10 games, eight games, I think at the time that I ended up missing league games that was, and in the grand scheme of things, it's not that many, so hopefully I'll be able to keep um, myself on the pitch for the next thirty odd, and then I think maybe be able to look back at it and it won't be the the worst injury in the world. You got that debut obviously at, at Fleetwood, came on at one 0 down after a, a disappointing first half from the team. I think it's fair to say got back in the game at one 0 hit the inside of the post. Um, how pleasing was it for you just to be out? Yeah, I know. I mean, it was seeing the keeper off his line and I'm going to dink him. Obviously, it's disappointing that I didn't land in. And of course, it was a shot, not a cross. Um, yeah, no, but it was, like you said, pleasing just to get back out there. Good to get 45 minutes in the legs. And I think that stood me in good stead for um, the Barnsley game in terms of minutes. Unfortunately, it didn't quite go the way we wanted. But um, fitness-wise, I'm coming along and hopefully I can just keep building. And in those, I think it was about sort of 70 minutes or so you got at Barnsley, wasn't it? So in the 45 minutes at Fleetwood and the 70 minutes at, at Barnsley, yeah, we've not got a win yet, but there have definitely been positive signs from the team and definitely from you. As well. Yeah, no, 100%. There's, there's, been, um, there's been positives, but I think, and obviously we'll, keep, we'll take them positives, of course, but I think it's also important to understand where we need to improve. And like we've, I think it's been said, by the gaffer and by ourselves in the change room. Um, it's no secret that between the boxes we're doing very well, but it's just, you know, the in the boxes, both sides of it at the minute that we just, something needs to click. And I think as soon as it does, which it will 100%, it's normally when you're not getting chances that you're worried. We are getting chances, we just need to put them away. 
and then maybe a bit more clinical defensively as well as attacking. So as soon as we those two things click, they're the hardest things to do in football is to put a ball in the back of the net and to keep it out of your own. So um, as soon as those things click, which they will, because we're putting a lot of time in on the training pitch, then I'm sure we'll, we'll come good. Is that clicking just something that you think will come naturally over time? or I think if in training we're, we're hitting the back of the net. So I would assume that you know, just keep doing that in training, it becomes a matter of habit and then we'll just take it into the games and um, yeah, I'm sure that that will come. The defensive side maybe is just, it's lots of hard graft, it's lots of determination, it's the will to keep the ball out the back of the net, of our net that is. And um, you know, we've all, got, we've all got that, we're all determined to do that. So yeah, it is, I think it's just a question of keeping working hard, working hard, staying humble and understanding what we need to do and then it'll, it'll come good on the Saturday afternoons. And Oxford to come on Saturday there, a couple of places below us at the moment, a side a bit like us who probably expected to be higher up than what they are at the moment. What are we expecting from them? We're expecting a tough game. We know what how much a good side they are with a young manager who um, plays attractive style of football. So, I mean, it could be very, it's very similar to us in a way. And like you say, they expect to be much higher up the league, so they'll be having something to come and fight for. But, of course, we want to keep them three points at the Valley and we'll be doing everything we can to ensure that our style of play counteracts their, our, theirs and we can get the three points, like I said, keep them at the Valley. Um, and just lastly, your two appearances so far have come away from home. Um, how much are you looking forward to getting out at the Valley and, and tasting the atmosphere? Um, yeah, obviously, I've seen, I've seen the fans and the atmosphere from, um, from behind the scenes and been up there with them actually watching the games over the past couple of months, but of course I'm excited to finally be able to pull the shirt on and finally pull a red shirt on and get out there in front of um, the covered end and hopefully give them to scream, something to scream and shout about and um, keep the three points at the valley. There we go, great to hear from Manny ahead of the game uh, against Oxford. Uh, he looked, looked ahead to it there right at the end, um, but I mean, o- overall, Joe, I mean, Manny coming back into the side, I've seen bits and pieces of him so far. What have you made of his... His uh, early exchanges in Addict shirt. Uh, I, I like what I've seen from from Egbo. Um, I was very disappointed to see that we uh, paired him with Claire on on Saturday. I didn't actually get to watch the game, unfortunately. But um, yeah, it it felt like pushing Claire to left back wasn't necessarily the solution to to try and shoehorn both of them in. So I think Garner probably needs to choose which one he wants and uh, and play them on their sort of natural side. Um, but I think Egbo has some of that confidence going back, some of that confidence going forwards that, that hopefully will bring a little bit of solidity on that side. I know that Claire wants to have a little bit of a run in midfield and that was the whole reason he came here. So maybe they can unleash him into there, although it's a very crowded um, section of the pitch for us at the minute. So yeah, I I think I think with Egbo and Claire or whoever it's going to be on the right, it's about getting partnerships up and running now, uh, so that they're working with the people ahead of them, and that we can start to attack in a little bit more fluidity and defend a bit more fluidly as well, so that those pressure areas, which they say that the two boxes are are a stronger part of our game rather than the uh, the bit that we're just absolutely rubbish at. <laughs> yeah, which is I mean that's a nice way of putting it. I mean we we are we have been absolutely rubbish in both boxes unfortunately. Um Joe mentioned partnerships there. there. There has been a bit of a fledgling partnership between Manny and and Jezraksaki on on the right-hand side which again is something you can try and take a positive from Lewis. You know, we we saw we saw spells of that on on Saturday up at Barnsley. 
Uh, and, and I guess that will be something that Garner will want to see continue going into this game with Oxford on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. There were definitely positives that that first half. You know, despite the the going behind early on, we were probably the better side, and a lot of that link up play and, and chances created came from the right hand side through through Manny and through um through Jez as well. So yeah, it's it's a strong, you know, two very attacking players that will build a strong partnership down that side. But I agree with Joe that the difficult uh, sort of discussion and conversation now is what will it mean for Sean Clare? Will he get a chance in midfield or will we push him onto his weaker side to cater for for that partnership? Which I mean, of course, it looked okay Saturday. We've come off the back of a defeat and there were some promising signs against Fleetwood with those two as well, but it hasn't actually delivered anything as of yet. Um, but early signs for Manny, you know, he had that injury, as you, as you said earlier, at Dartford and he came in with a, with very good references. The guys I spoke to um, in the in the new signing feature I did for Fregbo at the start of the season was very complimentary of his attacking play and his, his desire to push forward and maybe that he might be better suited playing further forward rather than a right back. You know, a lot of people have said he'd be better suited playing on the right side, right hand side of midfield or a lot further forward than, than in a defensive back four. But yeah, you know, it's good to have him, to have him fit. I mean, the fullback options at the moment with, with Sean Clare, Manny, uh, probably the, the first choice pairing. Um, then you've got the likes of Sessegnon coming back. Clayton's done well when he's come in. Dickie Chin's done well when he's come in. You've got you've got a lot of option there. It's just as as Joe said, trying to get Garner to find the right mix because I don't think playing Sean Clare on his weaker side is the answer because I think it takes him out of the game a lot more when he's probably one of our most effective players. Um, so it's how we how we work that. Will Egbo be the first choice right back, and will that push Clare into the midfield because I think there's probably a space in there for him at the moment. Um, or will he persist and, and push Sean onto the left-hand side? But yeah, obviously good to have the options. But but for me, I'd, I'd only really like to see Egbo in the team if it doesn't hinder the performances of Sean Clare. Mm, well, that's an interesting point, actually, because I guess Sean, Sean has been one of our more popular players, obviously, last season and this, I'd say. I mean, this, I don't think I can remember a great deal from Sean going forward down the right-hand side. Obviously, he scored that great goal against Plymouth. I don't know if if, if, if my mind's just going blank there, Joe. But from what I've seen from Manny so far, I do think he'll offer more going down the right-hand side. And now if Cess is back on the left, that will offer, again, progress down the pitch as well as hopefully more defensive solidity than we've seen with Charles Clayden. So... In a way, unless Sean Clare is pushed into midfield, you, you could almost see him dropping out of the team now that Manny's back, if if that's the way that, that Ben Garner sees it. I mean, at the risk of uh, you know raking over old ground, I thought the the goals we conceded Saturday. I mean, if you look back at the third goal, which is generally one of the worst goals we've ever conceded defensively, where Lavelle and O'Connell have both been sucked out to the far side. Also, if you look back from a quite a wide angle I've seen that was filmed in the barns at the end, you can see that Sean Clare is absolutely ball-watching and not going to cover in the middle as well. So that's a poor bit of defending from him as well when, when it's the two centre-halves who've got all the stick on that. So perhaps Ben might look at that and the fact that, like I say, I, I think Manny looks a bit better going forward from what I've seen so far and even think that maybe Sean Clare might not play a part in this side unless, as, as Lewis said there, maybe we look to try and shoehorn him into the midfield and midfield that he... He has said himself he likes to play in. Yeah, I mean, I think with I think with Claire, he could end up becoming sort of one of those regular squad players um, who is in and around it all the time just because of his versatility. Um, like a, a Stevie Brown who's always in the squad regardless of what's happening. 
obviously not the same standard or, or caliber otherwise we would probably not have conceded half the goals that we have this season but probably better than Steve at right back to be fair um I think with the the defensive situation they've got to get it comes back to that partnership so they've got to get some rhythm they've got to get people actually putting their hands up and taking some responsibility and owning their roles and that's that's the whole team I think that we're working a lot on the press and we're talking about the press but we don't necessarily see the same level of tracking back that we we maybe have over the last couple of seasons and I think with Claire he's suffered out of that a little bit more because uh, there's been a couple of games where he's been quite narrow marking a sort of an advanced midfielder instead of getting the midfielder to come and do that and then the ball gets played over his head the cross comes in and the goals are easy to score with looking forward a little bit to Saturday um, which is a little bit presumptuous I think that if the midfield don't do that uh, work back in and around the edge of the box it could be quite interesting because Oxford like to take a lot of long shots so I think the whole the whole team really need to look at themselves take a bit more responsibility in terms of commanding their area taking ownership of their part of the pitch and communicating and hassling each other more and I think that will then sort of come to enable players to get into a bit more rhythm and I think that Egbo will find that he probably takes the the lead ahead of Claire because he is a bit better going forward but I do think Claire is suspect defensively and I did feel that last season at right centre-back he would get caught out and the ball would get played down the side of us a lot uh, and we were, t- you, we, I say we, I wasn't here, but you guys would talk a lot about balls being played down the side of our defence. And it was the right-sided and the left-sided centre-backs that, that had to be taking ownership of that. So Claire was sort of part of that team last season and part of that kind of uh, pattern of behaviour of being easy to get past and easy to score against. Mm, yeah, I remember, I remember the game away at Wigan, actually. I think, I can't remember if he gave away the penalty or there was certainly a moment where one of the Wigan players just brushed past him too easily in the penalty area. And I... I do remember saying, like, I, I, I liked Sean last season. There, there were things he brought to the team and obviously he was asked to play out of position. But I do remember saying to someone after that game at Wigan that the fact that he's probably a shoo-in for second place in Player of the Year probably shows where we are. You know, he, he, he brings things to the table and, you know, he's a nice bloke and all that. But there are, there are limitations to his game as well, which I think you've pointed out there, Joe, which is, which is fair enough. I mean, we, we, we will look ahead to the, to the game with Oxford, as Joe mentioned there. The... I don't know what's number one for me in terms of things that absolutely have to improve, whether it is, which end is it at? Because we've spoken to us about both boxes not being good enough. Our finishing is not good. For me, everything has to build from a decent, solid defensive base now. And we, I mean, we've, We've seen on Saturday that I, I, I don't, we can't really trust our central defenders, unfortunately, at this moment in time. You know, Sam Lavelle... Um, has yet to prove uh, yet to prove himself is something I've said about him a lot now but I think th- at this stage it's, it's starting to get into where you wonder if he is going to because I'm, I'm not sure what his attribute is I'm not sure if he's good in the air I'm not sure if he's good at reading the game I'm not sure if he I, I've not seen enough of any of those to to say that's what he's good at and then obviously with Owen O'Connell it's it, again it's still early days but we've we've seen a fair few slips and position wise between them on Saturday they they kept getting in each other's ways you know there was a completely separate story I don't know if you saw the story today on West Brom's Twitter account and it's actually a really progressive story for their women's team where they're going to start wearing blue shorts because uh, they currently wear white shorts and and for women sometimes wearing white shorts is not something you want to do a certain time of the month Uh, so they've made a really progressive decision to start wearing blue shorts for the with the women's team and I was wondering every time the Charlton defense uh, uh, every time the Charlton defense is 
has work to do. I just wonder, Lewis, if we might be better off with brown shorts because every time they have to do something, I feel like we need to be wearing brown shorts. <laughs> it feels like that, doesn't it, at the moment? I think I think for me, if I'm looking at improvement, and you know, as we said, both boxes is key. But the problem there is the is the options that you change it up. I mean, I look at that back four that we played on Saturday. What changes would I make in there, really, with what we've got? I mean, I'd like to see. I'd probably see Innes come back in because I think he's more. I think he's more reliable than than Lavelle. I've I've seen more of Ryan Innes than I have of Sam Lavelle, and and he's impressed me more, which. I mean, it's saying a lot given some of the discipline issues that he's had and some of the stupid decisions and tackles that he makes. Um, and then Owen O'Connell. I mean, there's no uh, there's no one really that can that can replace him at the moment, and that's our problem. It's the depth. There's not there's sort of not enough competition in there. I mean, if I was to make any change, I don't think it would be possible. It would be to put O'Connell on his stronger side, see if it made a difference to his game, because there have been a few sort of spells of his game where I've been like, oh, okay, we're starting to see a more composed Owen O'Connell now. But then, more often than not, I'll be honest, I, I'm not seeing that. So, I wonder whether playing on his weaker side is is having a, a contributing factor in that. Um, but yeah, the other defensive spot is a big problem. I mean, Ryan Innes is, you know, as I've said, his disciplinary record is pretty poor and does, Sam Lavelle, does, I'm not seeing enough. Does Ryan come in over either of those two? Because O'Connell does seem to be the starter. So, I don't know if that makes any difference for you, Lewis. He comes in. He definitely comes in for Lavelle for me at the moment. Um, whether it'll be a difficult game Saturday. I mean, Oxford are a tough side, and and you know what Robinson's like and how he gets his teams playing. Whether that will play hindrance to Ryan and his and his sort of I don't know anger management, if we like, <laughs> um, will be a problem. I don't know, but for me, Innes is the better. It's probably been the better performer out of out of the three of those out of Lavelle, O'Connell, and, and himself. I think Innes has probably been the better performer out of all of them. And playing in that system, that's a big surprise because I thought that he would really struggle to adapt to this style of play. Um, but I think he's probably been the one that's been the better. Um, in terms of the the right and the left back, I mean, for me, Sean Clare has to play in his strongest position. So whether that is right back or we move him into a midfield, I don't know. But one thing I'd like to see really is a change in system because I just don't think this current setup is working. I, I don't know if we're seeing similar traits and patterns to what we saw under Jacko at the end of last season where people would sussed us out and we haven't changed it. And for me, I think, I don't know whether I'd like to see something a little bit more sort of sure and secure to try and, you know, close down these defensive mishaps and, and try and build from that if we got a strong performance by doing that. That's, that's a really interesting point then, Lewis, and I'll put that to you, Joe. So I saw a comment on one on on the forum Charlton Life forum a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember exactly which game it was after, but I think I think it was after a game that we drew. Uh, and people were suggesting, oh, you know, we need to change the system to change these draws into wins. But when when you look at the amount of chances we create, and then the fact that the the goals we concede at the moment, it always feels like it comes down to personal positional errors or personal you know personal mistakes. And, and someone had said. Because of the amount of time, the amount of chances we created, and the, and the lack of chances we actually gave up in that game, that that Garner had had coached a win, he tactic to win, but it was the players who let him down. I mean, is that a theory that you buy into, or, or do you see what's happening on the pitch at the moment, where we are creating chances, but we are open at the back, and therefore maybe a change in shape could fix that uh, as a sign that perhaps there is there is a different way that that Ben Garner could could sort of put us out there. I mean, that is. Uh, the million dollar question if I could answer that then I think Ben would probably give me a job so um, 
the the difficulty I think is that we are let down by the players' individual mistakes a lot at the minute, and we all know that we have bought and well not bought, but we've acquired our, our players from from one end of the pyramid, um, and it's not towards the top end of that. So you you've got to expect that. I think changing shapes. I'm I'm all for flexibility. I think that having different ways of of going about games and setting up and even changing within games is something that that every manager should have in his arsenal and every team should be able to do if you've got a number of professional footballers in there. I do think that we're, we're not necessarily harnessing enough of certain players, and I think that's maybe not not getting them on the pitch enough. So. Jack Payne, I think he's at the top now, isn't he, for goal involvements, um, sort of league and cup. And yet he's not a regular starter. And maybe that's because he's not as strong defensively. Maybe he doesn't quite fit the system exactly how Ben wants at the minute. Uh, but I think you've got to get him in there. And also Charlie Kirk is well up there in terms of chances created. And I know he is a little bit weaker defensively. So there's got to be ways to sort of get all of these players to gel and be able to play together in a system that doesn't leave us open at the back. Uh, but I, it's difficult, isn't it? I think as a defence, if you know that the chances are going to be taken at the other end, then you know all you have to do is just hold out, be nice and solid. You're going to nick one. If you get the clean sheet, you've got the win. I don't think the defence know that at the minute. And I think the the strikers have in the back of their mind that they need to take every single chance because, you know, we're going to concede two or three at the other end. So both of them have, I think, a heaping pressure on each other at both ends of the pitch. And that isn't going to, that isn't going to help anyone sort of get into the rhythm um, over the, over the sort of next couple of weeks. And we've got some tough games coming up and, and, and I think we really need to get just this bogey off our back, even if it, you know, comes off someone's backside or uh, they score four own goals like Sunderland did for us a few years ago um, back in the Premier League days, anything like that, just to get that rhythm going. And then with the confidence, I think the personal mistakes will slowly start to to sort themselves out um, as well. So, yeah, I mean, with the system, I think it is flexible enough. I don't think we actually flex the system enough as it is at the minute. I'd like to see us drop the striker off of the two centre-backs a little bit more into a deeper position. Uh, I know Jaden does it a little bit, but he quite often is stood up against the other the other two. I'd like to see the wingers moving around a little bit more and the midfielders swapping around in positions to maybe keep the opposition thinking. But you've got to do that with the discipline of, of tracking back and working hard. Mm. So, um, yeah, well, hopefully those patterns will come. Um, and I think it's more... I think it's more the patterns than the shape and the, the the relationships and a bit of a settled side would actually help as well. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good point. Um, Neil McDonough, who's my co-commentator up at Barnsley, and that would have been the first time he saw us, but obviously with a with a coach's head on, he was speaking a lot about the amount of times that Jaden was coming shorter for the ball, but he didn't see enough of Blackett, Taylor and Raksaki going in beyond him as well. So that was another pattern of play that he picked up. I mean, let's have a look at some of the emails then. So these are these are emails that, are, that sort of hang over from, from Sunday, really. We recorded really early on Sunday. So a lot of these emails came in after. But actually, a lot of them are quite general about the play itself rather than just the Barnsley game. And so Stephen Fife uh, dived straight in um, with, with a formation chat. He said it's after 10 games now that we can offer a balanced view uh, of the season. The formation 4-3-3 is clearly not working. Our central strikers not scored from open play uh, in those 10 games. Lee Burns only scored one common on and playing alongside Stockley. The defence is unbalanced 
uh, yet has not been uh, consistent uh, of a right back, a left back and consistent centre backs. Injury and susp- suspension I appreciate have been factors, uh, but maybe hopefully now that's one thing that can happen. Transfer activity has been a lower league uh, one and league two sides with a couple of unproven loan signings. Uh, the uh, one signing we did need, a centre forward to fit the desired system, uh, was not brought in and uh, results have mirrored this. I believe uh, we have to set up as a 4-4-2 and see if Stockley and Leeburn or another uh, can play alongside uh, together and see if Stockley begins scoring again. There is creativity through Raksaki, Payne, uh, Fraser and Blackett-Taylor. Ten games in, though, sitting 16th. I think this recognises that a change to our formation uh, is needed. That's from Stephen down in Eltham. Uh, another Steve says, first time writing, but it's depressing. I like Garner, what he's trying to do, and I want him to succeed. But he has to realise now that a bottom half of League One squad, uh, they just can't pass themselves to success. Uh, with these players he has to change the tact uh, and figure out a formation and style of play that makes us harder to beat and score against my concern is that he doesn't seem to uh, know how to or want to uh, uh, and continue playing the way we are or only see a relegation battle uh, coming in ultimately it isn't his fault the mess once again like last season sits with our moronic owner it may sound dramatic but I think Sangard could damage this club even more so uh, than Roland who needs to be forced out uh, ASAP here's hoping for change uh, against Oxford come on uh, you Reds uh, that's from Steve uh, Michael says the definition of madness is repeating the same and expecting a different result uh, as we fall down the league surely someone uh, Ben Garner will realize we need to stop letting in uh, goals and Jaden Stockley needs to, to uh, support and adjust our formation accordingly uh, if we do not risk uh, failing and falling even further uh, Barnsley uh, did had to do very little to beat us all our possession resulted only in one shot on goal all match uh, whereas uh, Ben Garner goes to get Jake Forster Kasky certainly a step up from who we currently play uh, in midfield so I mean there's three three people straight off the bat Lewis that want to see the change of formation I mean you've spoken about it is 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 that something you you really want to see this Saturday starting starting with the Oxford game um it's difficult because as you say the, the chances we create uh, it's obviously a lot higher than than we did last season but for me I just feel like there's there's no sort of structure within the side like, I feel like people seem a little bit like deers in the headlights especially even in the midfield which I know Garner says we're good between both boxes but for me the midfield isn't effective enough either and I think we could do with just changing something up and giving Jaden that support because I mean on his day he's one of the he's one of the best strikers in the division and we've seen it and we know he can do it at the moment we, he's kind of completely isolated and and it's a waste there's, there's no point having a Jaden Stockley in the side if you're not going to use him so if it's going to get a bit of confidence and we do change a system and, and he plays in a two and, and he scores a goal Saturday or scores two goals Saturday, it could do the world a good for him confidence-wise and we might find a better way of playing. But it's difficult because Oxford's a tough side, so to completely change a system in a week's training ahead of playing a side like Oxford, who aren't doing too well themselves that will be looking for a result, it could be quite risky. But, I mean, for me at the moment, what have we got to lose? Because we're in such a bad run anyway. What's the What would be the risk? Yeah, well, Steve, another Steve, got loads of Steves getting involved this evening. Uh, another Steve says, uh, this is Steve Hearn, uh, where do we go from here, Mr. Sangard? I'll repeat what I said last season. You can't cheat this league. You certainly can't get promotion on the cheap. Uh, this season is now over. Reluctance to change formation or tactics uh, by Garner is making us predictable and ineffective. Uh, teams have sussed out Charlton's playing style. Just can't see where our next win is coming from. Our position at the moment is not worrying for me. Uh, but if we're still there at the end of December, then the bells of Christmas uh, will turn to bells of great 
alarm. Cheers for that, Steve. Uh, Chris says, uh, great show as always. Cheers. Uh, the Barnsley game was woeful and depressing. Uh, what worries me is that we don't seem to be progressing. Same story. Poor defending. Uh, can't create chances despite getting into the right spaces. The question I would like to ask is how can uh, JFC get into this thing? Yeah, a couple of people have asked that. It's still no... And no, no clear indication as to why uh, Forster Kasky doesn't play. And then finally, this one's from Thomas and perhaps gives a slightly different view uh, on the situation of the club uh, at the moment. It's from Thomas Van Der Peer, not Thomas Sankard. I should have clarified that. Um, hi, Lou and the rest of the gang. After hearing some of the comments that supporters have wrote uh, into you and you have mentioned, the whole point in us supporters is airing our views. But I can't understand why a dip in form means supporters get on the owner's case. Uh, I do see that the transfer window was not ideal. Uh, we did still get players in, but not the ones that supporters wanted. Now, this may have some sort of reaction, uh, but here it goes. How how about we stop criticising the owner? Can certainly say if you had the money, you would do things differently. Uh, but would you, though? Most of us are clueless in how to run a football club, so give the guy some slack. Uh, the frustrations are there to see, but it's not directed in the right way. Players are told how to play by the manager and the coach, uh, the style they have to adapt to, uh, and the way they need to play to score goals, to defend, and hopefully to win. So how how about we stop with the negativity and get behind the club? Well, that's from from Thomas, of, <laughs> not Thomas Sagar. That's from Thomas Van der Peer. I mean, Joe, we've been in situations before, like where where people have been speaking about different owners, and other people have said, "Oh, just leave them, leave them be." But you know, those these things spiral and and. People's unhappiness with Thomas Sangard hasn't just come out of the fact that we aren't winning games. That will play a big part in it, certainly. But and there are stories that come out of the club. There's tweet, Twitter accounts leaking things out of the club. There's a massive turnover of staff, senior staff and staff lower down the, the, the scale as well that have been let go. And, and a lot of people have found that harsh. I mean, it's not it's not purely performances. And, you know, the, the, this, this uh, unhappiness towards the owner hasn't come out of a vacuum of of nothing or or like I say just losing the odd game here or there I, I understand Tom doesn't necessarily you know does, doesn't want everything to be about the owner but eventually everything does come down to the owner and that's why the club are where they are yeah and ultimately if everything was going great we all know that Thomas would likely be not not uh not the uh uh, person who's written in, but Sangard would be down the front taking the plaudits and uh, in, enjoying the accolades that come along with that. So if you're if you're going to enjoy the limelight, you've got to take the flack. You can't have one without the other. Uh, the club, I think, are there's, there's been a lot of flux and a lot of change over the last twelve to eighteen months, and we feel like we're sort of jerking from one sort of mishap to another. It feels a little bit less like it like Cholton than, than under Roland even, which is a, a, a mad thing to say. I don't think I'd ever say that about anybody. Um, so if you're, if you're looking at, if you're looking at getting that unity and getting the, the people behind or the, the fans behind the players, then you've got to get them one into the stadium. So you've got to have your pricing strategy, right. To get the people through the doors, you've got to have some sort of association between the fans and the club. And if you've got long serving Cholton people who are, household names for for us um then they need to still be at the club or or certainly if they're moving on from the club you need to think that it's 100 percent their decision so that you're comfortable with that so i think there's there's a lot of factors in behind what is happening that that create that division and the division uh, uh, which i said on my debut i think that that will have a massive issue because if the fans aren't behind the players that doesn't give them that last 10 percent. and how many times did we hear under jacko or under Boya, just how much the the fans can sort of 
push the team on. And so that that disharmony and, and the lack of unity, it's it's sort of self-fulfilling in a way because as the results tail off, the fans get less engaged, they're less willing to come, they're less likely to support, they're easy, they're quicker to get on players' backs. And then that, that sort of perpetuates into a bit of a storm. So I think that the club could do a lot by coming out and owning a few of its mistakes and, and holding its hands up. Um, and I think that the fans could work a bit harder to get behind the players, but I think that the, that the club really have to make that first step Um because I don't think that the fans have been unfair and I think this has been festering and brewing for a while. Yeah, and, you know, winning football, the fans will be on your back. I mean, I've known from doing this show for years, and we all know from being in the stadium for years, when, when a team's winning, there's nothing more than fans want to do than just get behind. Even last year when we were, on the whole, pretty rubbish, when we got onto those little runs, people loved the team. You know, that's how it works. And, and hopefully the team will be able to repay that as well. Right, let's uh, thanks for all your emails. Let's have a quick break then when we come back. Uh, we will hear from Kira Skills from the women's team. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers with a header. And it's Joe. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr! You absolute German beauty! Dreamland! Charlotte have scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it all! Get in! Come on! What a time to be here! Here at Wembley! Oh my word! Oh my word! Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live, the big match preview, looking ahead to Saturday's home game uh, with Oxford. But before we do a bit more of that, let's look back to the win uh, for the women's team uh, up at Sunderland uh, last weekend. A wonderful last-minute winner from Alicia Ndau, uh, a header uh, from uh, across that came back in. Um, the Addicts had been 1-0 down at half-time, but they came back into the game. Uh, Rutherford with a header as well, and Kira Skills, who we're about to hear from. Uh, also scored um, before, as I said, Dow went to win it on uh, in the uh, last minute. So let's hear from Kira. Then uh, it's been a decent start to the uh, the season for the girls, uh, and this is what she had to say after that win up at Sunderland. Yeah, I mean, it was a half-fought game. We obviously had to come from behind uh, twice, and in the end, we got the last-minute winner. So it definitely made the trip worth it. Yeah, and like you said, obviously coming from behind twice, it's not an easy feat, especially um, considering Sunderland, it was away, a lot of away, um, sorry, home fans cheering on Sunderland. What kind of character do you think the team had to show to kind of keep pushing, especially going into the break 1-0 down and get that result? 
Yeah, definitely. I think it just shows our group has a lot of resilience and we're not willing to give up at any point in the game. It took until, I think, 90 plus two to score our goal. So it just shows that character we have on the team. And obviously for you as well, getting yourself on the score sheet with an impressive uh, goal yourself as well. Uh, what does that mean to you personally? Yeah, obviously it's always nice to score goals for your team, but I think ultimately we got the win. So that was all I was really worried about. And obviously, um, looking at the result as well, like I said, the manner in which you did it in 93rd minute, people might have seen celebrations. So what would you kind of <laughs> describe that moment like? I think you can't really describe it. Like when you see the goal hit, uh, the ball hit the back of the net, it's just everyone's so happy, like just ecstatic to actually win the game. And obviously we've been unlucky in the past against Sunderland, but I think it shows how far we've come. And with this new group, I think we've definitely, we're definitely up there yeah and obviously um it wasn't just yourself as a centre-back scoring Alicia and Dow actually got the winner so that's two centre-backs scoring in that game goals from across the pitch which must be like obviously really encouraging kind of everyone in the team can kind of get on the score sheet yeah definitely I mean it's always nice seeing like different people scoring goals but we know we've got goals in the team and that's all that matters at this point yeah kind of looking ahead to this week taking a break away from the league and going into Conti Cup uh, taking on Lewis uh, how how do you think preparations have kind of gone for that one yeah, I think they've been the same as always. We just we want to keep this momentum going. We're doing really well at the moment, so we just want to keep that going. We take each game as it comes, and yeah, we're just looking forward to the game at the weekend. Thanks to Kira and to Andrea as well at the women's team for sorting out that interview for us, and yeah reasonable good feeling about the place for the women's team they've got the uh, Conti Cup game away at Lewis coming up on uh, Sunday so if anyone gets a chance to go I've never been down the dripping pan it looks like an amazing little non-league ground that I keep wanting to go down to but hopefully in the next few uh, weeks because uh, they've got a league game down there in a, a couple of months as well so hopefully I'll be able to get down to one of these two games but yeah the, the women's team are going great guns at the moment thanks to Kira for speaking to us now there's a big event uh, coming up at the Valley uh, in a few weeks' time, well, uh, Richard Wiseman from the Community Trust is going to tell us all about it. This is an event on October the 21st at the Valley in the Fans Bar. Um, and it's it's the first of a number of events that uh, are taking place to celebrate 30 years back at the Valley. Um, and there's a few more coming down the line, particularly around the weekend of December the 3rd when we play Cheltenham. But this event on October the 21st, is particularly to celebrate the achievement of getting the club back to the valley. Um, I think it's easy for us now to take our wonderful stadium for granted. Uh, and if you've been born since 1992, why wouldn't you do that? Um, but the idea of this evening is to really um, retell the story and celebrate the incredible achievement of, of getting back to the valley, um, because it really was an amazing achievement. So what we've got is we've got two of the main campaigners, um, Peter Cordwell, who was the editor of the Mercury at the time, and Rick Everett, um, editor of Voice of the Valley and, and uh, obviously a well-known supporter. We've got two of the directors, Roger Alwyn, um, who was chairman at the time and um, actually opened the gates of the Valley on December the 5th, 92, and Martin Simons who joined a bit later, but was very much involved in the Valley Investment Plan, raising money to pay for the stadium. And we've got two players, 
Bob Boulder, um, and we hope Carl Lieburn, he can't actually confirm till next week, um, but they will be talking about what it was like to be a player at that time, you know, playing at um, over at Upton Park and the build-up to the game itself. Um, and, and what we're hoping to do is two things, really, to, to, to tell the story again of, of uh, how it all happened, because it does demand repeating, um, you know, starting with the derelict stadium, uh, the despair of travelling over to Selhurst, um, and gradually the campaign getting going, um, the, the disagreements, it wasn't all sweetness and light between supporters and the board at the time, the decisions, big decisions had to be made, um, the drama of the uh, planning meetings at Woolwich Town Hall, which the first of which planning permission was turned down, second of which it was achieved, um, all the doubts and sleepless nights and, and worries of actually getting the stadium ready in time. Um, I think it will be an informative evening, but it will also be very entertaining. Um, you don't spend time with Bob Boulder or Martin Simons without it being a lot of fun. Um, so I, I'm expecting it to be, you know, a lively, entertaining evening. And also, uh, this December marks the 10th anniversary of the Supporters Trust founding. Um, we were founded uh, as a meeting to mark the 20th anniversary of Back to the Valley. Um, there will be a cake, a substantial cake, I'm told, to celebrate the Supporters Trust and how it's developed into an organisation that now has um, 2,700 members. There'll be some mystery guests. Um, there'll be music. Um, many listeners may know of the 2%, the uh, band that um, rose out of the protests of Roland de Chatelet and was named after the famous 2% of supporters are protesters quote. Um, so the evening will be rounded off with a set from the 2%. Um, and we're also going to have a special presentation to Rick Everett to mark the end of the uh, Post of the Valley, which obviously a publication which played an incredibly important part in getting us back to the Valley in the first place and has been continued you know, during the 30 years right up to now. So people have an opportunity to come and meet all those people, shake their hands, thank them um, and have what I hope will be you know, a really enjoyable evening. Yeah, it sounds like it's set up for a good one. So how can people get hold of tickets? Okay, you can get tickets from the Charlton Ticket Office in the normal way, uh, online or by going down there. Um, if you're a Valley Party candidate, um, you get in free. You just need to contact Supporters Trust on uh, secretariatcastrust.org. Um, and if you want to avoid paying the £1.50 administration charge and you're a Supporters Trust member, Email the same email address, support, uh, secretary at castrust.org, and we'll sort you out a ticket at a straight tenner. There we go. Thanks to Richard. That sounds like a, a brilliant event, and he's giving you the details there on how to get your tickets uh, as well. So make sure you, you go and attend that. Hopefully, it'll be a great evening uh, down there at the Valley. Um, well, we're hoping for a great Saturday at the Valley as well now. So coming up uh, this weekend, Oxford United, as uh, we've uh, spoken about at length at the start of the pod, but we want to hear a bit more uh, about Carl Robinson's side. Now, Simon Hathaway, uh, we spoke to him last season as well from the Fence Ed pod, knows all about 
uh, the U's and Oxford uh, United. Um, starting off as well in this little interview, you may have seen in the news there's been a takeover uh, of the club this week, so I wanted uh, to find out a little bit more about that as well. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's one of those, when's it a takeover and when isn't it a takeover? Because the, the guys that are now majority shareholders, um, and India Bakri and Eric Zaheer, have been I, well on the board and, sh- and, and major shareholders for, for quite some time, sort of three or four years. Um, but they've now taken a majority shareholding between the two of them um so yeah they're, they're extremely wealthy sort of billionaire level wealth um in based in indonesia um and have they've kind of worked together on other projects and and eric certainly has, has been involved with the owned inter milan and dc united in the past as well so he's, he's got a footballing background um and they're bringing in people that they've worked with before as well a guy called grant ferguson's going to be the executive chairman he's worked at inter milan under eric so yeah there's going to be changes but it's people that have been involved with the club already um so it's not 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 your usual takeover where it's like right you lot go we're bringing it you know we're we're in now it's it's a it's been a gradual process over a period of time and they they seem to be you know saying the right things and hopefully pushing us in the right direction certainly with with the new stadium but that's that's a, a few years away yeah i think yeah well yeah fingers crossed as you say hopefully it's a positive that you know a little bit about the the people that have come in and it's not yeah. chances and crooks like we've had uh, in football over the, the years gone by but we'll, I guess we'll find Absolutely, out yeah yeah so yeah, fingers crossed touch wood yeah so I mean let's let's, uh, let's talk about the football itself then um just looking at the league table Oxford United one of those uh well it's a rare find a team sitting below Charlton in the table the Addict 16th you're in 19th at the moment how, how have you seen your, your start to the season so far yeah, a, a bit patchy to be to be fair. It, it, it's you know, previous seasons we've been there or thereabouts with the playoffs, um, and, but this season we we've really not started particularly well. We've been unfortunate with injuries. Um, you know, um, players who've come in in the transfer window played in pre-season friendlies and got injured, and, and it's it's really it's hampered us. We've we've been struggling to put out a, a settled side. Um, John Massinio, who's the kind of club captain, who I think a lot of people at the start of last season thought well, he might not get a contract. He's been kind of involved with the coaching more. Um, has been playing pretty pretty much sort of regularly the last sort of four or five games for us. Um, so. We're not having a game last weekend because of the international break really helped us and I think we'll 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 see sort of two or three if not more players that were nearly getting back to fitness I've had two weeks a bit of rest a bit of training and I think we you know hopefully we'll have some of the injured players back mm. and it'll help us a lot yeah I mean has this start of the season been a bit of a surprise considering where you finished the last few years obviously just missed out on the playoffs last year in the playoffs a couple of years before that coming close to getting promoted so I'm guessing the expectation levels were probably for more of the same yeah yeah certainly expectations were were for playoffs or, or you know well automatic promotion might be a push with, with some of the clubs that, at this level but yeah I think you know you, you, you're right we, we made the playoffs two years on the trot nearly made them last season you kind of want pretty much the same again you know he's been Carl Robinson's been backed by the board in the transfer 
transfer window, we brought some play, you know, some decent players in um, and, and retained players as well. We turned down a you know a decent bid for Cameron Brannigan on the last day of the transfer window. So you know he had a new contract offer, and so there's there's you know there's money being spent. Not necessarily on transfer, you know, um, transfers, but budget in terms of, of player wages and that kind of thing. So it's, yeah, I think a lot of fans are unhappy um, how things have gone. I don't think we're a million miles away. We're, we're still playing some nice football, and not that I, I put a great deal of stall in stats. Always, you know, you, you kind of look at how they're playing and you get a feel for it. But I think the expected goals, we're, we're way up on the expected goals, so we're, we're creating chances. We're just not taking them at the moment, and and that's you know going to bite you on the ass when when you're not scoring goals. We're conceding goals as well, so you know that only goes one way, and you get beat. Mm, yeah, and I mean you mentioned Carl there, obviously. Uh, an old friend of ours. How, how's he viewed in at the Kassam Stadium? Is he still popular? He, uh, yeah, I, 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 it, it's. I think there's a split at the moment. I think there's there's very much a well, you know, he's he's had his chances. We've not got up, even though we've managed to get in the playoffs and and this season with the transfer winner, we've got a bit of an unbalanced squad. You know, we we were looking at. at getting two fullbacks in really sort of wing backs you know the way he wants to play you need wing backs and for one reason or another we didn't get those those type of players in and and it the squad looks unbalanced at the moment and and it's <laughs> we've, as football fans we've got very short memories and I think you know if if we get a couple of decent results in the next two or three games I think a lot of people will go okay fine give them a you know give them a chance but equally football fans being the way they are I think once once your mind's made up about someone they tend to stick to it he, he's got a he's I think it's going to be tough for him the next few weeks especially with the takeover you know people will be going well maybe they want their their own man in and it's yeah I think he's he needs to get some results and I think getting players back the players that are out injured are important players for us or have been in the past and I think get those back and it, it might might save him yeah, it feels like ages ago since he left us to to come and join you. So he has been there for for a number of years now. I mean, in terms of his his playing style, has he adapted it at all since he first came through the door? Yeah, he has. To be fair, yeah, we, you know, the first sort of two or three years, it was it was four at the back, and then a, a mixture, you know, the, you know, one or two up sitting midfielders, and he always liked to play with with wingers. Um, how it's gone at the moment. But, because of kind of injuries and a, and a little bit of when we brought Sam Boulder in last season on loan, he he played really well with Matty Taylor and the game at yours last season they were fantastic the two of them worked so well And but to get those uh, get us playing two up front he went to a back three with, with wing backs and then you you kind of don't need wingers there but we've got wingers still it's, it's that whole unbalanced thing is, is a little bit whether he's he's trying to fit players in to a system that don't necessarily suit them, you know, and it, it's he's I think he's searching for for a, for a balance at the moment of, of the players that are fit, but a but a formation that works, and it's it's not quite working at the moment. But he, but yeah, it, he's definitely changing um, from what we used to play as a, as a back four, always a back four under him for two or three seasons. That's changing at the moment. Whether it's but it's not really working, so he might well change that back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just looking ahead then. To, to Saturday obviously both sides need to uh, bounce back from defeats uh, in their last games uh, who are the players that the Charlton fans
fans will be wary of coming to, coming to the game on this Saturday? Yeah, depending on on sort of fitness and, and stuff like that. Marcus McGuane is one that's been fit all season and, and really done well for us. He he, he came in last season um, and, and and had a few injury issues and, and looked like a player that didn't want to get hurt or didn't want to get injured. You know, but this season he's he, he looks fitter, he looks stronger, and he's been a real um, sort of boon for us this season. Plays sort of deep midfield, um, runs with the ball well, and and he's been fantastic Cameron Brannigan is always sort of the heartbeat of the team and then it, it, it depends who we get back Marcus Brown if he's fit is always a danger Matt Taylor didn't start the season very well he's only scored one goal got injured um, but if he comes back in he could be one that, that you know he only needs a, a sniff of a chance and he'll, he'll score so but I think yeah it, McGuane, if McGuane and Cameron Brannigan sort of can control midfield that'll help an awful lot and, and like I say those two have been probably the only two that you'd say yeah they've been decent this season Excellent stuff thanks uh, Simon uh, uh, clinging on to the fact Lewis that they're not in the best of forms at the moment you know as, as I said to, to Simon there it's a rare beast these days a team that's below us in the table unfortunately it's early days it's early days it's 10 games in and I'd be surprised if we finish where we are now in the table but we we need to pick up a run of results and, and we need to start it hopefully against the side that I don't know seems, seems to be suffering a bit with injuries and and, and a, a lack of confidence at the start of this season yeah you know they're a side I mean last season when they played us they absolutely tore us to pieces you know they're they're always a difficult side for us to break down we always seem to struggle when we go there and we always seem to struggle when they come to us as well. So it seems to be a bit of a bogey side. You know, Carl seems to get them playing, you know, really, really well. They're a frustrating side to play against, to be honest. I always hate playing them because of the, the poor results of, of past visits. But um, yeah, you know, they've they've not had a great start. And it surprised me, actually, when I looked at the table the other day, how badly they were doing, because I hadn't really kept track of the results. Until I saw the table, I saw they lost to MK Dons last week, who also have had a bad start to the season. So... Um, yeah, struggling to get going at, at the moment, but I mean they've they've always been a bit of a bogey team for us. I think so. It's going to be a tough, a really tough game at the Valley on Saturday because it's two teams looking to turn their form around. So yeah, it's going to be a, a really really strong encounter. I think. Yeah, one win in our last eleven meetings with uh, with Oxford United. I think that goes even beyond the time that that Carl Robinson went there. But I mean, uh, Robbo's been back a few times now. But it, does it always put a smile on your face to see him back in SC Seven, Joe? You know, I when Robbo came in, I actually quite liked him. Um, and then I listened to him for a while, and I just started to dislike him a little bit more. And then I was <laughs> it, the, the longer you're in the, his company, the more you like. Right, that's enough now. But I, I do like Carl when he comes back. For, I can handle about five minutes at a time. When he when he was our manager, after a while, it was quite painful. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like one of those friends that if you bump into one a night out, you're like, yeah, it's all right, we'll have a, a beer, but you don't want to stay and have two or three. Uh, so he's sort of a bit like that for me. I think that he's outsmarted us a lot since he's come back. But I looked at the highlights for the last couple of games for Oxford and I don't know how they lost both of the games, to be fair. They hit the bar so many times against MK Dons. It was like uh, their shooting coaching had been done by Chucks and EK while he's been out. Uh, And they conceded some woeful goals. So they feel like they're playing exactly the same as us. 
So it's probably either going to be sort of 10 all or nil nil, and we're not going to understand how either scoreline has happened. Uh, so I think it'll be, it'd be nice to have Robbo back, a little bit of a blast from the past. Um, but hopefully he goes away very disappointed and uh, has to pop into Greenwich to drown his sor- sorrows. Yeah, hopefully. And we, we bumped into him on a Charlton Live night out, actually, a couple of years ago outside the, the Gypsy Moth in, uh, <laughs> in Greenwich. So, um, yeah, that was. Uh, hopefully we'll see him again uh, before too long. So, I mean, uh, finally, Lewis, if if Chucks and EK is not fit, which I guess is... Is there a scope to somehow get Lieburn starting alongside Stockley this Saturday? Is that is that a, a desperate need? I think so. Um, if we're going to go for the changing system, I, I do think so, because Miles has looked... You know, very, very good. I know it's a lot of pressure for a young player to to come in and be like the main source of goals. I mean, you're seeing it sort of half hour into games. People are starting the Leeburn chance because we're not ahead. So, I mean, the calls are, are there for him to be starting the games. I, I'm still be very cautious that of his age of putting the pressure on, but we haven't really got any other option at the moment. So, yeah, you know, if we were going to go for the four four two, then I'd love to see I'd love to see Miles start and, and be given an opportunity from the start. Um, for me, it'd be great if if a Nike was fit, so we had that that other option on the bench. Um, but obviously, that remains to be seen. I suppose I suppose Ben hasn't released anything yet. I think his press conference is tomorrow, so um, it'd be interesting to see how far away Chucks is because I think he'll be quite an important cog in our in our team once he does become available again. Excellent stuff. Right, we've run out of time on this week's uh, big match preview. Hopefully, uh, the Addicts can uh, come up with a win, the first league win uh, in seven games. Desperately needed as we face Oxford United uh, at the Valley tomorrow. So thanks to everyone who got involved uh, with this week's show by uh, by means of your emails for last Sunday's show. But there were so many emails, I thought I wanted to use some of them today. So thanks to those of you uh, who got involved. If you want to get involved on this Sunday's show, don't forget you can email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. Uh, or you can tweet us at charltonlive. Uh, try and get them in nice and early Uh, in case I record the pod nice and early on Sunday once again. Right, thank you to Lewis and to Joe for joining me on this week's Big Match Preview. Cheers, guys. Yeah, thank you very much. Absolute pleasure as always. My name's Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening, and we shall see you again on Sunday. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.